You might all be familiar with this icon by Rublev that portrays the visit of the three angels to Abraham. I don't know if you, if you can see it there, like you won't appreciate all the details. Someone gave me a, painted a copy, I have it in my room, and I pray before it every morning. It's a very beautiful icon that helps us understand better the mystery we celebrate today, the mystery of the Holy Trinity. Special Sunday devoted to reflect and remind us of the mystery of God. On the left side, you have the Father, and above him, you have a house, like the Father's house. In the center, you have Jesus, with the two colors in his robes, the union of divinity and humanity, the tree of life above him, or the vine of John 15. And to the right, you have the Holy Spirit, Above the Holy Spirit, the rock of Exodus that they hid and water came out of it. And then you have this chalice with like bread on this altar. And it's very beautiful to enter into the eyes of the figures. The Father, as the theology says, is the source of the Son and the Spirit. So the eyes of the Son and the eyes of the Spirit, they're looking towards the Father. And if you enter the eyes of these three figures, you cannot live. Here you don't have the details, but it kind of has a circular movement. You're drawn to it, and you cannot leave that place of love and, and peace that flows between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But one of the details that sometimes goes unnoticed is the brick. If you think of the altar and then at the level of the feet of the Father and, and, and the Holy Spirit, you can see this square. It's like a brick. That brick, many people interpret it as humanity. The Holy Trinity, the mystery of God, is not a mystery enclosed in itself. It's a mystery of love that has opened itself to draw us. Everything God did is to share his divine life, his happiness with this created world. So this world flows from the Holy Trinity, but it's called to go back to that place. The Catechism in point 260 says the ultimate end of the whole divine economy is the entry of God's creatures into the perfect unity of the blessed trinity. In other words, the ultimate goal, the ultimate purpose, the ultimate dream of God is that all creatures enter into that perfect unity of the blessed trinity. The ultimate dream of God and the ultimate dream of that icon is that you are in that brick. The ultimate dream of God is that you personally are drawn to this place, not place, but this perfect unity of the most blessed Trinity. And everything God did, especially in the person of Jesus has that goal. 
But we should not think that this journey towards the Blessed Trinity, this entrance into this perfect unity, is a physical journey. You don't walk to, towards God like with your feet, in a sense. Or you don't go up into heaven and one day you will knock the door of the Holy Trinity and you will make it. You don't need to ask the owner of Tesla, can I take one of your private, spatial, whatever, I don't know if there are planes, and so I can enter the most blessed unity of the blessed trinity. It's not a spatial journey, it's a spiritual journey. It's a journey of grace, a journey of transformation, or more precisely, a journey of Christification, a journey of becoming Christ, a journey of allowing the Father to shape in you by the action of the Holy Spirit, the image of his Son. Let me say it again. The journey towards the Trinity is a journey of Christification, allowing the Father to shape in you through the action of the Holy Spirit, the image of his Son, Jesus. And this we see it in the second reading of the letter of Paul to the Romans, Romans 8. We just read one section of this beautiful chapter of Romans. Paul says today in the second reading, you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption through whom we cry, Abba, Father. The journey towards the Trinity is a journey from slavery to sonship. Paul says you did not receive the spirit of slavery. What is the spirit of slavery? It's a spirit of fear, fear about the future, fear about losing health, fear about what other people will say, and so on and so forth. Paul is saying, you did not receive a spirit of slavery. God is your father. You, you, are, you are a child. God is not a slave driver. Don't doubt his love for you. You did not receive a spirit of fear. You did not receive a spirit of orphanhood. You are not alone in your life fighting by yourself. Sometimes we feel that way. Sometimes we think in those terms. I need to earn the love of God. I need to do to gain his love. But Paul says, no. That's the spirit of slavery. That's the spirit of fear. That's the spirit of orphanhood. You have not received that spirit. Cast out, expel that spirit, Paul will say to us. On the contrary, you have received on the day of your baptism the spirit of adoption through whom we cry, Abba, Father. You have received the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit shapes in your life, in your inner spirit, in your heart, a new reality. The reality of being a son, a daughter in Christ. Holy Spirit came upon you on Pentecost, on baptism, on confirmation. 
so deeply that he begins to shape in you this mentality of filial trust. And the max, the expression of that is that you can pray with the words Jesus prayed, Abba. It's one of the few Hebrew words kept in the New Testament. The New Testament was written in Greek, but the apostles, when they heard Jesus pray in, 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 in Aramaic, they wanted to keep this word. They did not translate it. They kept the word Abba. I think it appears only two times in the New Testament, in the Gospel of Mark and in this section of the letter of Paul. So what Paul is saying, you did not receive the spirit of slavery, of fear, of orphanhood. You received the spirit of adoption. God, through baptism in this life, he began this process of transformation in you that, in a sense, begins to introduce you into the heart of the Trinity. Holy Spirit shapes in you the heart of Jesus. And when you, can, when you pray, you can say, Abba, Father. This is so beautiful. Pope Benedict, in an audience about God's fatherhood, puts this in a very beautiful way. Christianity is not a religion of fear, neither is a religion of violence, but of trust and of love for the Father who loves us. God is love. The Father loves us. The reception of the Holy Spirit makes us sons in Christ, the only begotten Son, and place us in a filial relationship with God, a relationship of deep trust like that of children, a filial relationship like that of Jesus, even though its origin are, and quality are different. Jesus is the eternal son of God who took flesh. We instead become sons and daughters in him, in time, through faith and through the sacraments of baptism and confirmation. So what Benedict is saying is, Jesus is the son eternally. And he took flesh and he lived that filial relationship here on earth. But he wants to make us sons and daughters in him through baptism, through grace. He wants to share with us all he receives from the Father. And he finishes, we must increasingly enter even more intimately into the relationship of love with God the Father, which sustains our life. We must increase, we must deepen this process of configuration through the action of the Holy Spirit so we can cry out with Jesus, Abba, more and more deeply. This is the process of transformation that the Holy Spirit wants to make in you and me. And the proof that this is so real, Paul ends saying that the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, 
heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. The proof that God is really changing us in ways we cannot understand. How is this process of the Holy Spirit making us more like Christ so God becomes our Father? It's mysterious. You, you can have signs that you are growing into it. But he's doing it in a mysterious way. But Paul says, this is so deep that God make you co-heir with Christ. You are truly part of God's family. You are truly a child of God. Through you, like divine blood flows. So much that you will share in the inheritance. Imagine that a very wealthy person dies and they're trying to distribute the inheritance. And you say, oh, I'm Ignacio, like, I am his brother. And they look and, sorry, Father, we don't see you. They well, check well because I think I am his brother. Well, no, I'm, I'm not going to get anything. I was not connected with that person. But Paul is saying, God loves you so much. God draws you so much to his heart that you are an heir. You are a co-heir with Christ. Everything the Father gives to Jesus, he wants to give to you. Everything the Father gives to Jesus, he wants to you. He begins in this life, he will completely do it in the life to come. So let us give thanks to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let us remember that God wants and God really rejoices in giving you entrance into himself. And this is not a spatial journey, a physical journey, but a process of transformation. Pray for the spirit of adoption to come to you. Pray that the Holy Spirit may shape in you the life of the Son of God so you can cry out with him, Abba, Father.